Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of the Four Year Scenes Fire American Soccer Show as I uh, discuss both friendly matches for the U.S. men's national team in their final tune-up for the FIFA World Cup this upcoming November uh, for our players and uh, a 2-0 loss against Japan in Germany and a scoreless draw against Saudi Arabia in Spain. And uh, what can we say about these two games well honestly they were terrible they were terrible they were horrible and you know that could be the easiest answer for what we have seen this past friday and what happened this tuesday afternoon here in the u.s on the east coast tuesday evening over in mallorca spain uh, today in this friendly against Saudi Arabia. And, you know, before I even begin going towards these matches, once again, it, it just needed to be said of how, and if you're going to feel insulted when I say this, well, you know what? Guess what? It's on you. The new fans of the U.S. men's national team are failing us. The newer fans or these fans who, listen, everyone has a right to an opinion. Everyone has a right to feel their how they feel. Everyone has a right to say, you know what? I don't think this player is good. I don't think that player is good. You can say they suck. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal because it's okay to feel like that if you think said player does not deserve to be on the U.S. men's national team in your eyes. Debate is healthy. Debate is good. But the crazy talk way too far. They have gone completely way too far. And that is the issue I'm having with the fans of today. All over social media, you name it, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, whatever you use, whatever chat rooms you use, whatever, wherever you go for your social media to post your thoughts and your opinions, there is intelligent analysis and there's downright stupidity and what I have seen has become stupidity you think any player that comes from Major League Soccer at the back end of their 20s it should not be on the men's national team listen I want to say this clear to all of you because it sounds like you want to aim your anger towards me because I am a MLS 
media person. Let me say this right now. Just so I can clear the air with everybody here, okay? And this is me clearing the air. Yes, I cover the New York Ripples. Yes, I am an MLS media person. But what you understand on my end of things, when it comes to the U.S. men's national team, I do not care where they ply their trade abroad. The English Premier League, the German Bundesliga, the Italian Serie A, the Spanish La Liga, French Ligue 1, Scottish Premier League. Hell, it could be the first division in Romania, the first division in Israel, the first division in Hungary, the Eredivisie in the Dutch League, the top league in Norway, the top league in, in Sweden, the top league in Finland, just as long as they are getting the minutes to be considered for the U.S. men's national team. That's all I care about. If they are getting their minutes anywhere, and yes, believe me, I understand the top four leagues in the top four nations in Western Europe are the best of the best, the creme de la creme. But you cannot forsake any other league in Europe that is either second best or third best. Because if they're getting the best minutes over there, then for God's sakes, you bring them to the national team. And here's the other thing that none of you want to listen to or believe in because you continue to equate what goes on in this country than what goes on in Europe. And once again, Promotion relegation is a part of this. And for those of you that believe that the championship level, Football League One, Football League Two, any other divisions below the Premier League are considered minor league, you are misinformed. You do not know what goes on over there. And just because they're not in the Premier League, that does not mean that the clubs below the league of the Premier League, the clubs in the divisions below the first division, the top division, are minor. They are not. They are major league just as well as the clubs in the Premier League. That is why the clubs that finish in the final three positions of the Premier League get relegated to the championship. This is not aimed at those of you that are well, who are well aware of how this mechanism works. This is aimed at the newer fans, the fans who assume, and when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. These are the ones who assume 
that Josh Sargent does not deserve to be on the men's national team because he's playing in a minor league. That is incorrect. That is untrue. That is not factual at all. If any of you are watching, welcome to Wrexham on FX or through Hulu or wherever you are watching this wonderful show of Rob McElhaney of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia TV show and Canadian movie actor Ryan Reynolds, how they tell you how the damn thing works. And in their last episode, what happens if Wrexham does get promoted out of the the National League and moves up to Football League 2? The money that they receive to get out of the debt that they are in. This situation does not happen in the major league, minor league setup that is here in North America when it comes to minor league baseball to major league baseball, the East Coast Hockey League and the American Hockey League to the National Hockey League, the NBDL, the NBA's Developmental League, to the NBA. And if we ever get spring football back, They are minor league than what the NFL does. Because in the minor leagues, in the rules, they can add things, they can subtract things, and test them out to help with the top leagues in our respective sports in this country to see what can work and what cannot work. And if the major leagues do adopt these new rules or new mechanisms, they will add them to the rules of the sport in the rule books. The difference between what happens here then what the world game does under promotion relegation and what they do in Europe and the game as a whole, even though the FAs of any nation can try something different for themselves, and if it's going to work worldwide, it has to go in front of the FIFA Congress to make it worldwide. When VAR was created and VAR was being worked on in the USL, then the next move would be going to Major League Soccer, which is what they did. And when it worked at MLS, FIFA then said, you know what? Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. Now we will implement VAR for the World Cup. Our under-20 World Cups, our under-17 World Cups, the women's World Cups, you know, if they choose for FIFA beach soccer, fine, whatever. 
which also means that UEFA takes a good look at stuff. CONCACAF now is involved with it, with the Gold Cup. Finally, with World Cup qualification, even though it should have been either the whole way or no way. Once again, it has to be a soccer federation to install the trials, to make it work. And if FIFA is satisfied, they will implement it for everyone. You are involving yourself with minor league sports. They only answer. They only answer to the sport in our country. This does not get adopted in Japan. Unless Japan feels like that they will, then they have to go to a higher authority, which there is a international baseball federation. There's an international basketball federation. Obviously, the international ice hockey federation, the IIHF. There is a rugby league then so be it. But once again, when we're talking about major league and minor league, everything in England under the English FA is all major league. That's it. People are getting paid their wages. This, I mean, how many times, if you, I mean, if you can remember Castle United, if you watch the Premier League, if you are a staunch fan of the Premier League and you support Newcastle United, how many times have they been, have they promoted themselves and relegated themselves from the Premier League to the championship year after year after year after year after year? It was a back-and-forth relationship each and every year for the last, I don't know, seven years, eight years. They were in the Premier League, then they got relegated to the championship. Then they got promoted back to the Premier League the next year, then the next year they got relegated. The next year promoted, the next year relegated, until they finally stayed in the Premier League. And nobody wants to listen to this. Half of the clubs in the championship were once in the Premier League. Leeds finally stayed up after how long they've been in the championship. Leicester City was the shock of all shocks many years, the last four or five years ago because they won the Premier League after staying up and avoiding relegation. And then they won the Premier League under Claudio Ranieri. Jesse Marsh coming in for Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds, found a way to keep the club up. And we don't know what will happen. Right now, it's probably an an early rut. We don't know if they'll stay up uh, Leeds right now. They They may remain in the middle of the pack. We don't know. One thing I do know is this, and that is, simply put, Leeds has stayed up. So that doesn't mean that they have a, they've avoided the minor leagues, because that's not minor. It's major. But these newer fans want to somehow believe 
that anything below the Premier League is minor league. Anything below Bundesliga is minor league. No, it's all professional. It's all the same. It is not a farm system like what baseball has, like what hockey has, like what basketball has. And that is what you need to understand and have a clear idea of what is going on. So when people tell you that Josh Sargent is on fire, tearing up the championship, playing at Norwich, that does not mean Sargent doesn't deserve to be on the national team. That means he deserves to be on the national team. When Jordan Pifok is tearing it up at Union Berlin, who are in the Bundesliga, he should be going no matter what. But if he was in the second division of German football, below the Bundesliga, then you're going to say he doesn't deserve to be on the national team? No, that is not true. That is not factual. And that is the problem right now. What is real and what is fact? Here's the fake idea. And here's the fake opinion. The recent hard-on and the recent attacks on Aaron Long because he shouldn't be on the national team. Because he stinks. Because he already, you know, he got his Achilles tendon injured and out for the entire year last year. And you think he's not good enough to be on the national team, period. No, he's good enough to be on the national team. But the problem is this. The problem is he doesn't fit Greg Berhalter's system. That's the issue. That he's not ready. It's not that he doesn't fit because he, the injury he received from the start of last year that killed off his 2021 season, makes him terrible now. No. He does not fit in Greg Berhalter's system. That's all it is. But to have the gall to say that Aaron Long is not a full-time starter at the New York Red Bulls does not know what they're watching. They do not know what they are watching. And when I cover the Red Bulls, you all know I cover the Red Bulls on a local level. Aaron Long is the captain of the club, and he is a starting center back for the club. This is where I get upset and angry. When untrue statements are being made on social media to feed a narrative, just like a couple of months ago, understanding that Brendan Aronson has to scratch and claw to be on the national team just to keep a spot or just to have a spot when Brendan Aronson is a part of the national team. He is on the national team. He starts for the national team. And you are saying he has to fight for his spot on the national team? Who is that dumb and stupid to believe in this? 
a narrative that is fake, false, and untrue. Anyone that's playing in Europe and is doing very well in Europe should be on the 26-man roster for the World Cup this upcoming November in Qatar. And yes, it's a crime that Jordan Pifak did not get invited to this camp, and it will be a bigger crime if he's not on the roster for the World Cup. But that is not Pifak's fault if he's not on the roster, nor is it the fault of Josh Sargent if he's not on the roster, or Gio Reyna, or any player playing in Europe representing the U.S. men's national team. That is not in form or on point. That is the fault of Greg Berhalter for forcing a round peg into a square hole. Forcing players to play a system, playing tactics that does not fit what our players can do. A national team only has a certain amount of time to work with these players and to get the best out of them. He does not have six to eight months or nine months or ten months out of a season to try and fix what's broken. And this is the issue that all of us have on Greg Berhalter right now. Berhalter, in my opinion, and I have given him credit when he's done well, I have given him flack for when he has failed. What happened against the Japanese is all on the shoulders of Berhalter. He did not make any changes tactically at all. If you watched the game with an open mind and an open eye, and instead of pinning it all on the center backs, pinning it all on Greg, on, excuse me, on Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long, you would have seen that at least nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, the Japanese players stopped the midfield once they got the ball. And once they got the ball, pressed our players, went on the attack, and then got stopped by Matt Turner. The exception of the two goals that went in our net. That is the real criticism. Not what Zimmerman did, not what Long did. Yeah, they didn't look good. These are players that do not build from the back. They do not build the attack from the back line. And that is the issue because they cannot play that style. 
That's why the men's national team is different than being on a club team. You can work the kinks. On a club team, you can work on the issues. On a national team, you're thrust trying to make something work quickly as possible. Why do you think Greg Berhalter had to make wholesale changes in the you know at halftime in Honduras in September to try and get three points and salvage that qualification week? And at the same time, at the same time, we have never seen three matches for qualification in the same week in the past. It's always been two. Because you need to understand things have changed when the pandemic hit and wiped out the original format for World Cup qualification to Qatar. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do you understand what is going on? If you're not going to look at it objectively, if you're not going to watch it with a true open mind, then all I can tell you is that you are lost. Listen to what Hercules Gomez says of ESPN FC and Football Americas. If you want to listen to Alexi Lalas and Clint Dempsey and Stu Holden on Fox right now, even when Dempsey's on CBS Sports, listen to their analysis of what is going on. Listen to what I am telling you. Real analysis, okay? Even though the match against Saudi Arabia was a little bit better, even though the match against Saudi Arabia showed some bit of life, it wasn't enough. I actually thought Jesus Ferrer was going to score uh, in that opportunity, but good solid save by the keeper. Matt Turner, once again, excellent shot stopper. He looked really strong out there. Yes, training is good, and I'm not saying it's not the best. I'm saying it is the best training with some of the best players in the world. But once again, I will still say it. Training is not enough. He needs matches. He needs to show Arteta he can unseat the current starter at Arsenal. But at the moment, Arsenal is on a good roll, so it's going to be very difficult for Matt Turner to get that job done. But right now, at this point in time, Matt Turner is our starting goalkeeper. Zach Steffen should not be the starting goalkeeper because now he is not only just injured, mentally gone. Mentally gone. Truly don't believe, I truly don't believe that Zach Steffen should be considered for the national team for the FIFA World Cup. And that is why I have said, and I'm not ashamed to say it, 
I'm I'm good with any MLS player. I'm good with any MLS player who is a goalkeeper right now to be considered a part of the national team for this World Cup roster. Sean Johnson, Yarborough of Colorado. That is how I feel. And you know what? You can claim Josh Cohen's a USL goalkeeper. You can claim Josh Cohen is, oh, the Israeli, the Israeli First Division is not uh, a top league. But, honest, but obviously and honestly, he's gotten more minutes than what Stefan and Turner have gotten combined. Horvath is starting. Thank God for that. Cohen has made two saves on Lionel Messi in the UEFA Champions League for Maccabee Haifa. He at least made saves. Sure, he, they, they lost 3-0 in their, in their group stage match against the PSG. But he made saves. Neymar scored on him for a goal. Mbappe scored on him for a goal. Messi scored on him for a goal. It wasn't a hat trick by any of the three players. It wasn't 6-0, 10-0, 20-0, 3-1. 3-1. And Maccabee Haifa scored the opening goal. So all I can tell you is that whoever is getting starting minutes, whoever is playing and performing in a World Cup year, right now, Turner, Horvath, Cohen, or Turner, Horvath, Sean Johnson. Because as of right now, that's who I'm trusting. That's who I'm believing in. That is who my three goalkeepers will be on this 2026 FIFA World Cup. For this roster. 2022, excuse me. Twenty twenty two. And as of right now, because of the coaching, and even Burhalter has admitted. Burhalter has admitted coaching wasn't great, players weren't doing well, and even though it was a little bit better today. Even though it was a little bit better today, I have to tell you, it still wasn't good enough. It may have looked better, but it wasn't good enough. Our players right now showed not enough confidence, in my opinion, to go out there. And maybe it was nerves. Oh, I hope I'm picked for the roster. Oh, I'm hoping I'm going to go to Qatar. I hope this, I hope that. In a, in a regular, normal World Cup setting, the roster would have been already decided by now. But instead, it's, it wasn't. And now Burhalter has at least a, almost a month and a half to go. Or maybe even a month and a, and a week to select the 26 players that will grace the pitches in Qatar for the FIFA World Cup. 
This whole situation has been crazy and wild. And this is all on FIFA during Sepp Blatter's watch. Not on Gianni Infantino. I cannot blame this on Infantino. He had to continue on with what was originally done, as illegal as it was and as wrong as it was. Johnny Infantino has to, he had to keep the wishes and the voting for Qatar 2022. Had no choice. He could have decided, no, I'm going to reverse this decision and choose somebody else and go through another vote, but no. He couldn't do it. It was not up, it was not up to him to make a change. He had to keep what was already done, unfortunately, but yes, it was done. Other than that, this is all on the watch of Seth Blatter and what he did for the greed, for the color of money. And while the confidence in our players right now is not strong after what we saw in these last two matches for the friendlies. What else can go wrong? Well, look, this is a very young roster. And I will say this right now. If you think automatically we should move into the next round out of the group stage into the round of 16, I hope so. If you believe it's not going to happen, then that's fine. Because right now, the way that the tactics have gone, I don't think Greg Berhalter is going to get this group out of the group stage. But I want to be proven wrong. I do. I want to be proven wrong because I want it's not that I don't trust our players. I trust our players. Look at how good they're doing. Look how good they're, they are in Europe. In, and we're building bigger and better players in the youth, in the youth uh, ends of our national team. Right now, the under-17 CONCACAF championship will have the draw for the final round this Thursday at 11 a.m. Go to CONCACAF's YouTube page or Facebook page to watch the draw on Thursday morning at 11 o'clock. Also, watch what happens if they do qualify for the under-17 FIFA World Cup. We'll have to wait and see. And all I can say is, is this, is that this whole situation, through opinion and farcical information, has gotten way too far. 
It's really simple, folks. Depending on what happens in the World Cup, regardless of how they finish, personally, Greg Berhalter does not deserve a second round into the 2026 cycle. He should not get an extension. He should not be given a new contract. He should not even be considered a thought, period. Let some club hire him, whether it be MLS, USL, NISA, or abroad. Let him go out and be a club manager again. Because right now, it is a farce. What he has done, we have issues. Because I'm telling you right now, if they go three and out, I'm not blaming the players for what's going on here. That will square firmly at the feet of Greg Berhalter and on the feet of U.S. soccer for allowing a sham coaching hiring process when they should have just came out and say, Greg is our guy. It was a sham process. Oh, sure, Oscar Pereja was there, but it wasn't enough. It was just there as a say, well, you know, we actually, hired, we actually interviewed somebody else. No. No, we see right through you. The board is a failure. And once again, until we get real people involved at, in Chicago, where now there will no longer be soccer house, now U.S. soccer will be in an uh, office building somewhere in downtown Chicago. Truth is this. Burhalter has Burhalter will fail us. The point is we should not force our players to play like Barcelona because none of our players are capable of playing like Barcelona. This is a national team. This is not a club team. So do I think they can win the World Cup this, this upcoming November, December? Honestly, I don't think so. I don't think we're there yet. All because of the coaching. Not because of the players, but because of the coaching. Berhalter really has to show us to give us the confidence to go out there and actually manage his coaching national team life. Bruce Arena knew what to do. Bradley knew what to do. Jurgen Klinsmann knew what to do. Burhalter has no clue what he's doing. It's nice to beat Mexico. It's nice to beat our most fierce rival. But you've got to show throughout the entire confederation that you can dominate against the rest. Forget the minnows in Central America and forget the minnows in the Caribbean. I'm talking about going down to Jamaica, getting a win at the office. 
in Kingston, taking Canada lightly. Finding a way to get a result in Costa Rica. Not saving your rear end after having a lackluster first half in Honduras before you have to change things up for that second half to happen and score four goals. A lifeless road match in El Salvador and a lifeless home qualifier against El Salvador in Columbus. This is what I've been talking about. This is what I've been preaching. This is what I have been saying. But then again, I don't work for the major networks. I don't work for the major sports networks. I'm just a live streaming internet show host. Even though I act professional. But for U.S. soccer, I'm not in that level. And that's where they're wrong. That is where they are wrong. Because I have an opinion and I have a voice and I have a platform and I'm using it. I'm telling uh, U.S. soccer right now, you should have done better. Concern. Because you're upset how they have criticized you. So guess what? Take the criticism. Admit you were wrong. And when you have the opportunity to hire one of those two, you go ahead and do it. But if you're not, well, then don't waste our time. Pick the right person, not the right yes man. The right person. You want to bring back Bob Bradley? Fine by me. I don't care. You want to go international? Hell, you want to go for Wilfred Nancy, who's doing an amazing job in Montreal? Go for it. He may say no, but at least you can ask him. You've had foreign coaches before. could do it again. doesn't have to be in England. doesn't have to be in Germany. Hell, if Aguirre is available in Mexico... Go for him. You want to tick off the Mexican uh, fans? You want to tick tick off the FMF? Go for it. Go for it. Unbelievable. But that's all I can say about this, and I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I hope we do get it. But we'll see what happens moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for tonight's show. Once again, it's a scoreless uh, draw against Saudi Arabia, but before that, a 2-0 loss to Japan. Join me on Monday as we get back to the swing of things, and then, of course, we'll finish up the 2022 MLS regular season, and we'll see what happens moving on. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight, and as always, please... Enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care. So long and bye-bye for now.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.